Beloved members of the Resilient Catholics community, this is it. This is week 44, the last week in year one. Congratulations, all of you who are here today. You have made it a long way. Really excited about you coming to the end of year one. Welcome to the Interconnections Talk for week 44. It is all about loving your neighbor. But before we get to that, let's just do a brief review of week 43. Week 43 was all about loving God with your whole heart. Luke 10, 27, Jesus answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So we are to love God with our whole hearts. I am to love God with my whole heart. You are to love God with your whole heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. But most of us are significantly fragmented inside many internal disconnects among our parts. When many Catholics are working on loving God, that quote, love, end quote, is usually coming from one part, maybe two or three parts of them, the parts that handle spiritual matters, the parts that manage the relationship with God. The rest of the parts are often banished, barred from connecting with God. These banished parts are thus exiled from God by our protector parts. Protector parts have good intentions. They are trying to keep these unpresentable parts away from God so that they don't cause trouble. And these exiles include our internal lepers, our tax collectors, our prostitutes, our undesirable parts, our lost parts, the spiritual mutineers, our heretical parts, our neglected parts, our outcasts. These are the parts that are angry at God, that are disappointed with God, that are terrified of God, the parts who seek to avoid God, to run away and hide from God. These include our rebels, all the parts that have problematic God images. The critical point that I want to make, though, even in this review of last week, this was the main point, that any loving of God that excludes these parts is incomplete. It can't be wholehearted, even if there happens to be a lot of emotionality, even if there's a lot of intensity, because so much of the person is left out. Every part is essential. No part can be left behind in this attempt to love God. So loving God with all our parts, it's always going to be awkward and messy and clumsy and approximate this side of the eschaton, like the love of little children always is. We're not going to be good at this, especially initially. But Jesus tells us, Matthew 19, verse 14, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. So quick review of the things that we need to be able to love God with our whole heart. We need to be unblended. We need to speak for parts and not from parts to God in prayer. We sanction the things that are good. We don't sanction the things that are misguided that our parts bring up. Remember, parts are very young, have very limited vision, very limited understanding, a very limited perspective. We pursue that internal integration, that interior integration. We work on appropriate self-love, caring for our own parts. We recognize the need for relationship includes our parts, right? No part left behind in the spiritual life. And that we are called to love wholeheartedly with all of our parts. We also want to remember that God understands. He has a deep love for us. And we are loving him in response to his love for us. I loved you first, God said. 
in Jeremiah. So God sees our good intentions and we have to trust that God can handle the intensity of our parts. All right, so that's the review from last week. This week, week 44, love your neighbor as yourself. And the key idea here is that we are called to love all of our neighbor with more and more of ourselves. We are called to love all of our neighbor, not just his innermost self, but also his parts, with more and more of ourselves. We're not just loving the parts of our neighbor that parts of us find gratifying or appealing. No, we are called to love all of our neighbor's parts, all of his internal lepers and tax collectors and prostitutes, his undesirable parts, his heretical parts, his lost parts, his neglected parts, his outcast parts that may have never been discovered by any other person or at least not connected with in decades. Those parts of him, those parts are in him. You can bet on it that there are exiles. Matthew 5, verses 46 to 47. And Jesus says, For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you salute only your brethren, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Let's consider how parts may, quote, love, end quote, other parts that they find gratifying. That's typically what passes for love. That's that's what often undergirds relationships is my parts liking your parts, your parts liking my parts, those parts get along, that's the basis of the relationship. Why? Because so often there's not enough unblending for the innermost selves to even be present in any significant degree. That's the standard state of affairs. Most people, very blended, almost all the time. What we want to do is we want to get beyond that. We want to get to the innermost selves within ourselves, right? We want to be able to have our innermost self lead and guide our parts in loving our neighbor. And we also want to be able to connect with more and more parts of those whom we are trying to love. Let's just start with Aristotle and Nicomachean Ethics. Friendships of pleasure, friendships of utility. So friendship of pleasure, these are parts who really enjoy each other. These are two people who hang out because their manager parts think it's fun. Anna and Sarah really like reading the same author, so they get together weekly at the coffee shop to drink caramelized lattes and discuss the Patrick O'Brien novel that they are working through together. They like each other. There's also friendships of utility, according to Aristotle. These are the you scratch my back and I scratch your back type of relationships. Both friends get some benefit from each other. Joe and Mac are friends. Joe helps Mac with his computer problems because Mac's incompetent with technology. Mac takes Joe fishing in his boat because Joe doesn't have a boat and he really likes fishing. But they don't really talk. They're not really connecting on a deep level, you know, because the fish can hear conversations and this business of fishing is serious, right? Friendship of utility. And then there are friendships of virtue. These are the friendships that foster virtue. According to Aristotle, these are the deepest level of friendship. But in the loving that we're called to, love your neighbor as yourself, there's no mention of mutuality or friendship. That loving often is going to be unilateral. The love you offer is often not returned. There may not be union 
and the loving. No reciprocity, no mutuality. Why? Because your neighbor might not be capable of it. There might not be enough internal unity in your neighbor to be able to love you back. And we saw this in the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan found the injured man unconscious on the side of the road. He was not in a position to love the Good Samaritan back, at least in that moment. But yet the Good Samaritan showed him the love that he needed in those desperate moments. Mutuality is not required for you to love. Mutuality is not required for God to love us, which is a good thing because so often his love is not reciprocated, not returned. We see this in John chapter 6. After the discourse of the bread of life where our Lord gave us himself in the Eucharist, he was talking about in John 6 and verse 66 to 67 reads, After this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer went about with him. Jesus said to the twelve, will you also go away? So many people left Jesus after he was describing the Eucharist in John 6. And that's not because Jesus was unattuned or because Jesus was blended with a part or because he wasn't recollected, he wasn't himself. No, his disciples had free will and many of them used their free will. They blended with their parts. They went along with that and they left him. There's actually greater merit and us loving our neighbor when we are not loved in return. And the reason we love our neighbor from a Christian perspective is not because we're hoping for some kind of return in love from our neighbor for some sort of mutuality, like in a friendship of pleasure, a friendship of utility. We love our neighbor because we love God. Not because we're seeking something from our neighbor in return, but we love our neighbor because our neighbor is a beloved son or daughter of God, because God Our neighbor is made in God's image and God commanded us to love our neighbor. If we are seeking something from our neighbor, that's a sign of blending because there's an agenda there. We need to love our neighbor as he is, not as our parts might want him to be. We need to love our neighbor as she is, not as our parts want her to be. So how do we actually do it? How do we actually love our neighbor as ourselves? Well, the first thing is, let's take in the love of God. Let's allow ourselves to be loved by God. And then we also need to love ourselves. Luke 10, 27, Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Father Jacques Philippe, He stands on firm Thomistic principles when he writes in his book, Called to Life, that, quote, love of God, love of neighbor, and love of self grow together and sustain one another as they grow. If one is absent or neglected, the other suffer. Like the legs of a tripod, all three are needed to stand, and each leans on the other, end quote, right? So love of God, love of neighbor, love of self— They grow together. They're interdependent. We need all three in order to develop in any one of them. Anthony Flood, Catholic philosopher out of North Dakota State University in his wonderful book, The Metaphysical Foundations of Love, he agrees with St. Thomas Aquinas that how we love ourselves is going to determine how we love others. In fact, Anthony Flood writes, quote, if a person loves himself rightly, he will love others rightly. On the other hand, if he relates to himself through a disordered love, he can neither relate to others rightly nor enter into a deep union with them. 
Right? So according to Aquinas, proper self-love is the gateway. It is required for you to be able to love your neighbor in an ordered way. So we really want to have proper self-love as opposed to disordered self-love. Now I want to bring up this concept of counterparts. A dictionary definition of counterpart, the word counterpart, is a person or thing holding a position or performing a function that corresponds to that of another person or thing in another place, right? So, you know, you can see this in government, for example. The United States has a secretary of state, so does France. You know, the secretary of state is the counterpart to the Secretary of State in the United States. Or one CEO of a company has a counterpart in a CEO of a company that he's doing business with. So they're counterparts. What I'm referring to when we're talking about internal family systems, our internal systems, is that the counterpart in my neighbor is the part in my neighbor that's similar to one of my parts. So if I have a strong internal critic, the inner critic in my neighbor is my internal critic's counterpart in my neighbor. My shame bearer has his counterpart in my neighbor's shame burdened exile. So basically, counterparts are the similar parts between two people. Here's the main thing. We are going to reject any parts in our neighbor who are counterparts to the parts that we reject within ourselves. So if I reject a part of me that holds fear, I'm going to reject fear-bearing parts in other people. And I have a story about that. I have a story that actually published in Outlook magazine, that's one of the Internal Family Systems Institute's magazines, about my son John. My son John, when he was 16, just learned how to drive. This was before I was really into IFS. He hit some black ice on I-465 and spun out. Right, The car wasn't damaged that much. He could have been able to drive away, but he really wanted one of us to come pick him up. And I was like, oh, come on. You got to get back in the car. You just, It's not, there's no problem. You just drive at home. Right? I grew up in Wisconsin. There was snow. There was black ice. You just sort of manned up and did it. You don't worry about these sort of things. If you get, you know, you don't tolerate fear. So I had very strong protector parts that don't tolerate fear, that weren't tolerating fear within me. And so... Because I had rejected the parts of me that were afraid, and my conscious experience was one of fearlessness. I actually thought that was courage, but it's not. It's just fearlessness. I wasn't in touch with any fear. I couldn't understand how my son might have been shaken up and afraid after that exercise. It was not, I was not attuned to him because I had rejected my own fearful parts. And so therefore, their counterparts in John, I couldn't connect with my own son. Really a problem, right? So... One of the things that really helps us is when we are in touch with all of our parts because then we can be connected with the parts in our neighbor. What helps us in loving our neighbor? Well, I'm speaking in the natural realm here. All right, so I'm focusing on human formation. I'm going to say, yes, we definitely need charity. Charity is an infused virtue. We need to pray for it. It is a gift from God. We also need grace. Right, but I'm focusing on the human formation preparation part of this. Right, so that's what I'm emphasizing. So, what are specific things we can do? Start with yourself. The first thing is to unblend. It is so much easier to love our neighbor when we are more unblended. I don't believe that parts can love any other part or any other person 
without the self, right? So if our self can be a little more unblended, then we can love with our parts a little bit more because they have access to the self a little bit more. Working on having your innermost self available to lead and guide the effort to love your neighbor. That's so important. Having that more of your innermost self available. These things are all in a continuum, right? So it's not an all or nothing thing. Unblending brings those eight C's. Clarity, compassion, connection, courage, calm, creativity, confidence, curiosity. All of those are really helpful in loving your neighbor. When you unblend more, that helps you to detect and recognize and relate to parts of your neighbor. The more blended your neighbor is, the more need there is for you to be unblended in loving him. So, unblending, really, really important. We can have all kinds of burden parts. We can have all kinds of unresolved trauma. We can have all kinds of problems. But if we can unblend from those parts so that the self is free to lead and guide your system, we can actually love in a really beautiful way. It's really, really encouraging. I have known some folks with a lot of unresolved trauma that could love in a really beautiful way because they could unblend from their parts. So first thing, unblending. Second thing is working on that interior integration. So this is a key point. Your parts that are in right relationship with your innermost self can also contribute to the loving. Parts make your loving richer, fuller, and more complete. We don't want just to love with your innermost self, the conductor of the orchestra. Because if you only have the conductor of the orchestra, then there's no music, right? There's also a need for parts to contribute to the music of love. We want more and more of your musicians to be under the direction of the conductor in this endeavor of loving your neighbor. That doesn't mean that every musician will be active in the effort to love your neighbor at every moment. Some of them may have rests in the music, but your parts who are in right relationship with your innermost self, they have a unique ability to love their counterparts in your neighbor. Your parts in right relationship with yourself They resonate with their counterparts in your neighbor. Your parts understand their counterparts in your neighbor at the level of lived experience. That's really, really meaningful. The goal is to bring more and more of your parts into unity with your innermost self so that you can love with more and more of your entire being. And unburdening your parts helps with this. That way, parts don't have to be focused on their burdens. Their protectors can be freed from their protective roles. So it's not just unblending. It's also this ongoing effort at interior integration. The next thing, do no harm. In Latin, primum non nocere. Don't make things worse. There are times where you might need to be humble enough to withdraw from relating with your neighbor, from trying to love your neighbor, if you realize you're really, really blended and you really don't have enough self-energy to connect in a way that's good. Remember that your neighbor has an innermost self and that that self does have those eight C's. Internal family systems is a constraint release model. So what we're looking for is to release the selves, right? To allow those selves to shine forth. Is there something you can do, something little that just encourages a little bit more self 
in your neighbor. Remember that your neighbor's parts are trying to help your neighbor. They are seeking a good for your neighbor, even if those parts are going about it in a disordered, maladaptive, or even sinful way. So when your neighbor is blended, four little words can help. Four little words can help. If you're working with somebody who's really caught up in a part, who's swept away by a passion, if you think to yourself, this is a part, this is just a little part of him who is trying to help, who is operating out of fear or shame or something deep inside, it can make it so much easier than collapsing that person all the way down into just who that part is in that moment. All right, so that brings this Interconnections talk for week 44 to a close, and we will see you on the other side for the experiential exercise.